Happy Father's Day. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's, it's one of those kind of bittersweet days and stuff. And for some of you, you're so excited about it and you've had great memories with dad and, and you're going to do something today. You're going to make a phone call. You're going to spend time together. And for some of you, that relationship hasn't been the way that you wanted it to be. But I want you to know what we're going to talk about today is absolutely life-changing. It really is the way that we see the ultimate father. And before I get into that, I just, some of you have not got Father's Day gifts yet. And so I thought, oh, how can I help you out? So let me give you a few ideas, all right? And so the very first thing is what you can get your dad. I didn't know that you could do some of these things. So you could get your dad a, uh, to race an exotic car. So something like that, all right? So you can actually go out to a racetrack and. Uh, a professional driver will, will give you all the things, including the keys, to be able to go around the track about two or three times. And uh, pretty exciting, kind of fun thing that's, that, that starts at $300. Okay, and then the next one, this is pretty slick too, is a helicopter ride, all right? And I didn't know some of these helicopters, I mean, they basically have food on the thing. They got a bathroom in the back, you know, they got everything. And it's like, what a cool thing. So you go, go right over LA tonight, and uh, so that, that's that's one thing, helicopter ride, that's $250. Then, then this one, this is nice too. So girls, keep this in mind. Write this down, sweeties. Um, is a yacht for a week. You know, you can, you can rent a yacht for an entire week, and those things are absolutely amazing. There's so much to do on that thing, including just relaxing with the price tag starting at $10,000, you know? And so you look at that, and then, and then another one, this is, this is for some of you foodies that really like food, you can actually hire a chef. So at, at some of these five-star restaurants, that, that chef will cook a meal just for you and, and, and lay everything out, no matter what style, if you want American style, or you know whatever uh, uh, continental food you would like, they can cook that for you. Those start about at fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, some of you would really like this next one. This is actually for golf, so you can actually have a golf pro. Randy's saying, "Hey." Who Kids, listen up, and and uh, so so this you actually have someone that that between five and twenty thousand dollars will help you with your swing. For for me, they'd give me they they'd, they'd say, hey Rich, this is cheap. Here's a hundred bucks, just stop, you know. And so, um, but they'll come out, they'll spend time with you, you know. I looked and I saw some cologne, and I was like, wow, this this uh, this one cologne, the the Clive Christian Imperial, you know. I I, I use Old Spice, but but this is like five hundred bucks for a bottle, and so this is something you could get for Father's Day. And the last one, we all love our grilling and stuff. Now, I didn't know, uh, you know, I, I know Traeger and I know certain brand names, but but there's this brand called Kalamazoo. And uh, boy, that that's a great grill. I see some nodding back there. It's like, honey, that's what we're getting. All right. So so those start at seventeen thousand dollars. And, uh, you know, but but they're really nice. You could cook a pizza in it. All right. You know, Tina would say just order Domino's. You know, Rich, come on. You don't need that. And uh, but, you know, Father's Day is a great time. And, uh, you know, we, we think about gifts. We think of things. And, and a lot of times when it really comes down to it, and I never realized it till I was a dad because I I kind of selfish guy. I just I like my gifts, you know, give me my things. And then I realized that as you start to live life, you're like, man, the greatest gifts are those things that you can't buy. Those, those, those things that, that are free, love. You know, Tabby came home from uh, college and, and uh, she brought Leilani, a friend from Alaska. And it's like, man, you, you can't put a price tag on that stuff. You know, and, and to be able to spend a day with, with all of my girls, you know, it's like, man, you just can't put a price tag 
on those things. And so what we understand is, is that with the love, there, there's, there's, there's things, it's, it's like, man, there's, there's no price tag you can put on it, you know? And, and I think a lot of times we think we can do things, we can manufacture it, and boy, that's gonna be as good. I mean, you look at that grill, that grill's great, but that grill is nowhere as good as that love that can only be given by another person, that God's given us. You know, no matter what it is, the golf thing, whatever it is, there's, there's nothing better than that. And, and really, because love is from God. You know, I, I think love starts and ends with God. It's all about Him. You know, if today was Mother's Day, you know, famous mom's quote is, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out of this world. Go clean your room, you know. And, and so, so that, that's what we think, but the reality is that's God. God is the one that life starts with, and God is the one that life ends with. There, 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 there's no life apart from him. And so as we start to look, and, and we're, we're going to start a new study, a new series. Over the next 11 weeks, we're going to be looking at, 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 at the Ten Commandments. And some people would say, Ten Commandments? I've already heard those before, Rich. I'm done. Okay, I'm going to go fishing. But here, here's the whole thing. A lot of times what we think when we hear that, we think of just a bunch of rules, and it's like, oh my gosh, I've heard enough rules. If I told you, hey guys, let's go through the tax law. Anybody want to come over to my house? We'll look at the new rules. You know, if, if you get excited about that, you need medication. You know, there, there's, something, there's something wrong. There's something not right about that. And, and why? Because we look at rules as one of those things that it's like, I'm right and you're wrong. And so we're going through this book of rights and wrongs. And I want you to understand that really what it is, it's about freedom. It's about love. And so what we start to do is we start to look in this series. It, it changes our perspective of what, what, what rules are in our life. For some of us, we keep thinking, if I just do enough right things, everything else will work out. If I'm just nicer as a husband, if I'm just nicer as a wife, if I'm just nicer as a kid, if I just, if I just try harder, somehow I'll be fulfilled. Guys, that's just like that performance end of buying something. Because here's what we need to look at. This is our memory verse, and so I encourage you this week to just hold it close. It's in John, John chapter 8, starting in verse 34. It says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Okay, let me just stop there, right in the middle of our verse. Because a lot of people would say, well, wait a second, Rich. I'm not really a slave to anything. I'm not really a slave. That, 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 that's, that's, that's kind of weird. And, 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 and the reason why it is so weird is because I think we're very biblically illiterate. In, instead, we don't, we don't understand what God's word means, and so we use other words. So, so what we would say, we wouldn't say that I'm a slave to anything, but I do have an addiction problem. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I am addicted to this, and I, 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 do, I, I stumble with this, and I have issues here, and I have tendencies that I, I don't want to do, but I continue to do. Well, what does the Bible really call that? It really makes it clear. It says you're a slave. I mean, those things, when, when I say, oh, I, I could stop cussing anytime I wanted to, well, then just do it. 
You know, I, I could drink, you know, if, if, if I don't need a drink. Well, then quit drinking every night. You know, I mean, there's these things that it's like, wait a second. They become slaves. We're the slave to these things. And they all start out good, don't they? They start out things like, like money. You know, if I just made a little bit more money, we end up saying this is great. And, and money is awesome as it's working for you, not that you're working for it. When you become, that's controlling you, that's when we become a slave. And so as we look at the scripture, it goes on and it says, a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free indeed. It, it, it's basically saying this, it's saying, I tell you the truth that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead end world. When we choose to sin, we're really in a trap. That's not going to bring life. That's not going to bring hope. But we're a slave. We think if I do that, that's going to make me free. But it says because of the son, because the son isn't a slave. The son's the one that can set you free. And I want you to understand, as we look at the Ten Commandments over the next 11 weeks, as we look at things, I want you to know that you are free, not because of what you do, but you're free because of what God has done, what Jesus has done for each one of us. That's how we're free. It's not because of us. So as we look at this series, it's set free to live free. And what we're going to see today is that there's a lot of people that may be set free, but they're not living free at all. And so if you pull out your study guide, I just ask that you take some notes as we're going along. You know, the first thing, we got two questions to determine your level of freedom. Here, here's the thing. Are you truly set free? Do you believe that you are set free? Free, or do you believe that you're in a trap? Do you believe that you're in bondage of life? See, what sets us free is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus did is what sets us free. The cost of his blood, the cost of what he's done has set us free. But let, let's go back a little bit. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back all the way to the garden, because a lot of us have these ideas of, of things. And, and when we go back to the garden, God said, you are totally free. Adam and Eve, you are absolutely free. You are free to go anywhere you want. Oh, you can do anything you want. And to protect you, there's one area I don't want you to go. Okay, now, a lot of times we look at that and we flip it upside down. And that's what the enemy did. It's like, oh, you can't go here. Oh my gosh, how, what a, what a rude dictator. You know, what a controlling person. You know, they're, they're, they're telling you not to go there because it's keeping you from being fulfilled. It's keeping you from being like God. And so, so then, of course, well, I need to test that. I need to go there and I need to taste it and see if it's going to be a good thing. Well, did God put that parameter, or let's put it this way, did God put a guardrail there because he says, I really want them to miss out on life. I really want them to miss out. No, he says, I really want to protect them. We, we've got a puppy at our house right now, Luna. She is completely out of control. And so, you know, 
Priscilla is doing a great job crate training that dog. But as soon as that crate opens, that dog goes everywhere. If you've been to our house, that dog's jumping over your head and stuff. And, 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 and what we realize is you have to be very, very careful. Because if you open the door while Luna's running around, Luna will go see the whole neighborhood. I mean, and Luna will not stop. Luna doesn't, doesn't stop signs. Nothing bothers Luna. She just keeps going. Now, now, here's the thing. Would we be a good owner to say, hey, you know what? If that's what Luna wants to do, let that dog do whatever they want to do. Would that be loving? Would that be caring at all? No, that'd be crazy. If I really love and care for my kids, for the people in our family, I would say, hey, I love you so much, I want to protect you. This is a dangerous place, and that's exactly what God did. God said, this is just dangerous. This will hurt you, and I love you too much. And here's what happens, is God had a complete free place. They called it paradise. It was beautiful. It was awesome. But mankind said, no, 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 no. I, I'd rather do it my own way. You know what? God says I can't do this, so I'm just going to do it myself. And we look at it all through Scripture as we start to look through and, and we see the first five books. They call that the, the Pentateuch. And, and as you look at that, uh, the Torah, they would call that the law. And again, remember how I talked about how we view the law? We look at it as, as these rules that's telling you what to do to try to control you. But when we look at the scripture, what it really is, we see over 600 laws in those first five books of the Old Testament when you go through. They're summed up in, in, in the top 10 that we'll be looking at in this series. But, but here's the thing is that we look at it and we say it's all about control. But it's all about protection. It's all about loving us. It's all about keeping us in the right place. The problem, though, is that, that, that God says this is what to do, and then we push away, and then we do something else. And guess what? With our consequences, what do we do? We blame God. You know, we see it with Adam and Eve. They blame God. God said, hey, I want to protect you. I love you so much. I've got to protect you. And, and then, and then when, when God sees them in the garden, says, where are you guys at? And they say, we're here. Have you, have you touched the fruit? What's going on? And, 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 and Adam says, hey, you know, it was that woman that you gave me. You know, she's the one who did it. You know, that, that'll never make a Hallmark card. And then the woman says, hey, hey, it's a, it's a little snake that you gave. You know, he's the one who did it. You know, what's interesting is that, 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 that they didn't take responsibility. They didn't say, God, you, you wanted to protect me, and I just did my own thing. Instead, they blamed someone else. And who do they ultimately blame every time? It's God. God, it's your fault. You're the one who did that. And God tries to create these, these parameters, these guardrails to protect us, to save us. And so as we look in the Old Testament and, and, and leading up to the Ten Commandments, I think it's really important that we get a good foundation, that we make sure that we understand what's going on. And so we see people through Scripture. We see Abraham, and God says, I love you, and I want to use you to be a person that makes a difference in this world. And, and, and through your offsprings, that's my people. And we see as God's people all throughout Scripture, I, you know, when, when I open it up, I'm like, oh, God just did something amazing. Okay, now they go do their own thing. God says, I love you so much. And then they go do their own thing. They do exactly opposite. And boy, I would hate to go back through my diary of life, you know, and be like, Rich, what were you thinking? Oh, my gosh, God just showed up. And then you go do your own thing. 
And we see that over and over, and, and that's part of human nature. But God doesn't stop. I mean, I think about it with Joseph. So Joseph is an offspring of Abraham and Jacob. And, and we go through and we see, see Joseph, and, 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 and he's this kid. And, and uh, there's things that are really, really good about him. And then there's also some things that are, like, kind of sketchy. You know, he's kind of arrogant. He's sitting around the table, and he says, hey, everybody, isn't it cool? One day you guys are all going to bow down to me. That would be awesome, huh? You know, that, that, that didn't encourage people did it you know the brothers got so mad they said hey let's let's throw this guy into slavery and in the midst of these choices in the midst of these decisions when you look at the life of life of joseph it almost just seems like kind of a yo-yo to me you know it's like good thing bad thing oh good thing okay bad thing and and up and down but God uses all those pieces. He uses all those choices. And do you remember what happened? Is that there was this time when everything was going great. Society was going fantastic. Economy was incredible. And then Joseph gets into this place with the leadership. And, and he, he interpreted this dream and, 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 and he got in with the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh, the president. You know, we look at Egypt and that was the powerhouse and, and in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we look and we see the Roman Empire. And, and right now, what, our powerhouse may be the U.S., you know, and, and we think we've got everything going for us. And so we see Joseph move in the ranks and as, as he's serving the Pharaoh, we see this reconciliation and we see this healing that takes place. But God uses all of it to these people that would die in a famine. He brings them and he brings healing and he brings a family and he brings reconciliation. See, that's what God always wants to do. He wants to set each one of us free. And so he does that with Joseph and we're like, oh, that's great. That's great. And we, and, and we want to tie it with a bow and make it a Disney show. And we say, okay, happily ever after. But what happens? We see this small group of God's chosen people that were saved through the famine. And then we see years and years, 400 years plus later. And we see those kids had kids, and they had kids, and they had kids. And it grew to, to close to 2 million people of God's chosen people. And the Pharaoh that loved Joseph is now a different Pharaoh. And he hates God's people. He says, I'm not going to kill them, but I'm going to put them into slavery. See, that's where we start to look and we start to realize God's people are calling out and they're, they're, they're saying, God, help me, set me free. Free. God, I'm in slavery. My kids are in slavery. I mean, think about it as a parent, just for a second. It's one thing when something bad happens to you. You're like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. But to watch it in your kids, wow, that's heartbreaking. I mean, as a parent, I remember holding my kids and, and when they'd be sick, you know, like when they're a year or two years old and you can't give them any medicine and they're just sick and you're like, oh my gosh, all you're doing is praying all night long. You're like, oh, I hope this fever goes down. I hope they get, okay. Well, could you imagine watching your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids and they're in slavery and they're, they're being exploited and they're being used? Oh my word. The pain, the, the prayers that went up of God's people. Pharaoh, rescue us from this horrible dictator, this horrible ruler. 
See, what, what, what we need to understand is that the world is, is not our home. That, that, that what, what we see for God's chosen people, they, they were thinking it was just there. It was just their land. And God says, I'm going to set you free. Not, not just of the oppression of this leader, but I'm going to really set you free. And so as, as we look through the scripture and we look and, and, and we see Moses arrive. I mean, that's, that's when they were killing kids. They were killing babies. You remember that about Moses? So, so Moses should have been killed, but mom puts him in a basket and a princess gets the baby. And through that, God uses Moses. And, and I want you to understand that Moses, who's a prophet, and, and he's representing the foreshadowing of the coming of Jesus. And, and who'll stand between us and God to speak the truth. See, Moses was there to speak on behalf of God. And Jesus came. The difference between Moses and Jesus is Jesus is God. And so as we look at Moses, we've got to understand there's some imperfections that are here. We see a man who loses his temper. He kills a person. He's a murderer. He's got a speech impediment. When you look at Moses, he was kind of a coward. But here's the beautiful thing when I look at it. Is God always uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. God uses people just like you and me. I mean, I know my blemishes better than anyone else. I know my issues. I know my problems. And God uses that to bring glory to him. When God moves through my life, I know it's not me, it's God. And it's true for each one of us. And God is so patient and he's so loving to the Pharaoh. He keeps giving him opportunities to make changes, to change his heart. Let my people go. Let my people go. You, you, you don't have to be over them. But here's what happens, is that there becomes a hardening of heart. Pharaoh became very hard to hearing God's heart. I want you to look at some of this stuff. And, and we realize that there's this hardened heart leader that says, I'm not going to let go. And what does God do? It's right in your study guide. It's, it's on the screen. Exodus 12, starting in verse 50. It says, so all the people of Israel followed. And the Lord commands to Moses and Aaron. On that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. Who brought them out? It was the Lord. The Lord is the one that sets us free. The Israelites were free because they responded to what God had said, and God had set them free. We go ahead and we, and, and we look at this um, in, a, in Exodus 14, starting in verse 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. See, for some of you today, you've got things that you need rescue from. You're like, oh my gosh, I need something that only God can do. Everybody else has said it's impossible. Everybody else said it's not going to work. He wants to rescue us. But sometimes what we need to do is stand still. Say, God, do what you're going to do. You tell me what to do. It goes on and it says that the, the Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay 
calm. I don't know where you're at right now, but that could be a very encouraging word that God wants to meet you where you're at physically right now. God wants to meet you where you're at emotionally right now. He wants to meet you where you're at spiritually right now. And he wants to set you free. And who's going to set you free? He is the one who's going to set you free. I mean, think about it. So, so we, we can end up saying, okay, God, you're going to set me free. Okay, I better come up with a plan. Let me write it down. Okay, let me come up with plan B. Okay, let me come up with plan C. Okay, let me come up with plan D. And if they don't work, then, then God will step in, right? I mean, we, we, we use God as the last resort, but God is the only one that can heal us. When we get to that point and we realize, wait, I need to be rescued when nothing else is available. Think about God's chosen people. They're on the run. People are chasing them. They are going to kill them. And they come up and they see the Red Sea. And there is no way. They're not going to be able to swim across. They're not going to be able to get across. Who saved them? Who set them free? It was God. God opened up the sea to set them free. So as we look, look at at Exodus 14, starting in verse 30. It says, that's how the Lord rescued Israel from the hands of the Egyptians that day. And that the Israelites saw the body of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore when the people of Israel saw the mighty power of the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians they were filled with awe and and before him they put their faith in the Lord and in the servant of Moses but the Israelites walked right through the middle of the sea and the dry ground and the water forming a wall to the right and to the left. I mean, think about this. That is God moving. See, sometimes we just say, I'm going to just keep doing it my way, and we never allow God to move the walls, to open the walls for us to walk through. Now, the same thing that happened to Pharaoh can happen to us, is our hearts become hardened. What does a hardened heart look like? It looks like I will do whatever I want. I'm in control and I'm going to call the shots. So many times God wants to set us free and our hearts become so hardened. Moses kept kept giving these opportunities to the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh said, no way. And every time we disobey God, it becomes a heartbreak. Why? Because God wants to be mean and say, oh, I want to do something nasty. No, he says, I want to protect you. The reason why I keep telling you things is because I want to protect you. I love you. Wouldn't the most unloving thing be, like when, I, when we lived in Alaska, they had these windy, crazy roads, and, and, and you'd look and be like, oh, there's a giant cliff, you know? And, and it's like, if there wasn't a guardrail there, wouldn't that just be horrible? You're driving at night and you're singing songs and you're singing to Taylor Swift and woo, and then next thing you, you're, you're off a cliff. That, 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 that'd be so destructive. But God says, no, I want to try to protect you. I want to put these guardrails. But sometimes we like jam through those guardrails, don't we? We like put the car in reverse and we keep going because that's where we want to go. And we become hardened. 
the Pharaoh became hardened. We can become hardened. You know, there's this there's this saying by the Puritans, and I, and I heard it, and I was like, whoa, that's great. The same sun that melts ice is the same sun that hardens clay. And so for some of us, we hear God, and God says, hey, you're going off the cliff. You're in a dangerous place. And we say, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm so thankful that you opened my eyes. I'm going to go a different way. But for others of us, we become like that clay. Don't you dare tell me what to do. And don't we see that all throughout Scripture? We see a hardening that, that Adam and Eve are walking with God every day. And at some point, they're like, forget what he has to say. I'm going to do it my own way. Wow, there becomes a hardening. We see that over and over and over. And for each one of us, I want you to know, are you set free? Do you really believe that you're set free or do you believe that you're in bondage? Do you believe that you're in a trap? The second thing is if you're set free, are you living free? Are you really living free? Or do you, is it just something out there and it's like, oh yeah, I'm free, I'm free. Okay, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not, you know, we, we, we don't respond and we don't act to it. I want you to understand in Exodus 20, verse 2, it says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. Through the shed blood of Jesus, each person here can be set free. If you're not set free right now, you can be because of what Jesus has done. But the question is, are you living free? As we start to look at this series, I want to lay this foundation because here's what happens. If I don't let you know that you've already been set free by God, as I start to talk about the Ten Commandments, as I start to talk about God, you could be Jewish you could be Muslim. You could be uh, uh, Jehovah Witness. You could be Mormon. You could be humanist. And what it is, it's a, it's a bunch of rules. You do these rules and you finally appease God. You do these things and then you make God happy. And maybe if you make him happy enough, you'll be free. Guys, I don't know if I can say it clear enough. You are set free by the shed blood of Jesus. When we talk about the parameters and the guide, the, the guard rules or the guard guardrails of life, that doesn't make him love you any more. I mean, my girls are my girls. No matter what they choose to do, they will always be my daughters. I will always love them. And you know, I'll be like, oh my gosh, that looks painful. That hurts. I've got to back off, but I will never turn my back on them. And that's the same with God. God looks at his people and he's like, oh, you are totally free. Why are you living like you're in slavery? Why are you living like you're in bondage? See, Exodus 14, 10 through 14, you're gonna, I'm going to try to put the pieces together. It says, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. We get so scared and so afraid of the world around us. Oh, what are they going to do? But they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What 
have you done to us? Why did you take us, make us leave Egypt? Isn't it interesting? What happened in Egypt? They were slaves. Guys, we can look back at that life and say, oh man, wasn't that the good life? I mean, I did whatever I want and I was with whoever I was want and I spent my money however I want and I did all those things. It's amazing how we can look back and not understand the slavery. It says, didn't we tell you what would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. <laughs> Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told his people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Guys, if I can tell you something to stay calm, if, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, stay calm in the midst of chaos, in the midst of what feels like slavery. It's like, I've already been set free. I don't need to live like I'm a slave. Just because people treat you at work or home and then it's like, oh man, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. No, you're valuable and you're important. You need to start living like that. You need to quit listening to what the enemy has to say. Oh, yeah, you, you, you're never going to make it in life. You're never going to succeed. That's why you need to be at that job. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to be able to take that step. You're never going to make it as a good parent. You better just be quiet and let the TV teach him. You know, let, the, let the teachers teach him. Let someone else teach him. And we allow other people, and we live like a slave to this world. See, I want you to understand that we can fall into that trap of living like a slave. And God wants you to walk out of here knowing that you can live free. As you look at your study guide, I want you to see that there's a lot of different things. My conscience, I'll be like, oh man, I know who I am and I feel bad about these things. I want you to look at that scripture. And, and when you look at it this week, you'll realize that the, uh, the apostle Paul says in Romans, he says, let me say first, that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. Guys, we can start to realize because of Jesus, because of what he's done, we can get in these traps, but we realize what's truth is God's word. And we start to own it and we start to hold on and we start to move in it. See, what I want you to know is for some of you, you, you may have never made a decision to follow Christ. And, and we do it every single Sunday. We always give people an opportunity to pray and say, God, I choose to follow you. God, I, I, I'm, the scripture says I'm blind, I'm lost. Okay, God, I want to follow you. And it says at that point, my eyes are open. I'm no longer a slave. What does our, our verse say today? Our memory verse, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. We are free free because of what Jesus has done. But guys, we need to live it. We need to move out and realize I am free. I don't need to be held down by these things. I don't need to be drawn to those things. And what happens is sometimes, and it becomes very, very slow, we start to say, I am free by God, but let me do this. If I do this, I'll make God happy. 
See, God doesn't give us those rules so that we perform and we tap dance for him. He gives us the law to protect us. He wants to protect each one of us because he loves us so much. Now, now what's, what's the problem? Somebody told me, they said, Rich, I'd rather be legalistic than liberal. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'd rather do cocaine than heroin. You know, I mean, they're both destructive. They're both horrible, sinful things. See, people think, oh, you know, if, if, if I just, if I get some standards, you know, I start doing these, these things that make me look good, you know, I know the right place to raise my hand, I know the right place to, you know, say this, and I know the right quote to, you know, we, we learn Christianese, and we learn all these things, and we're like, okay, so if I do all of these things, then God's going to like me more than he did before, and God loves you as much now as he will ever love you. Why? Because he is love. He doesn't have these standards and levels. He doesn't say, oh, you made me happy today. Oh, let me do something nice for you. Do you know what that's called? That's called karma. We don't believe in karma here. We believe in Jesus, okay? Jesus is the one that sets us free, and we need to live free. I want to end on this passage that you'll see in your study guide, because here's what happens, is sometimes we can fall into the trap. Galatians 3, starting in verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has cast an evil spell on you? Wow. For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear as you, as if you had seen the picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You receive the Spirit because you believe in the message you've heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new life in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect on your own human efforts? Guys, if I can sum up this whole message, you have been set free by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now God wants you to live free. God doesn't want you to say, oh, let me figure it all out. Let me write it all out. Okay, this is what I've got to do. And, and hopefully God will bless it. And hopefully it'll be okay. And hopefully, no, no, no. You are free because of what he's done. And we can start to make those steps and we can boldly go and say, yes, Yes, this is what God's called me to do. I don't need to live in the bondage. I don't need to live in the trap of the past. Some of you guys are living in the identity of what other people have told you when, 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 as you were a slave. And Jesus says, you're free now. I love you. There's value. There's purpose to your life. Live it. You ever see that kid that's always standing at the ground? And you're like, hey, what's going on? And, and, and he doesn't, he, he's not confident in who he is. Guys, I want you to understand that your confidence isn't who you are. It's who it is in Christ. That you can stand bold. You can look at life in the eye and say, it's him. Guys, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are so awesome. You are so incredible. God, as we, we lay the foundation for a series of your love and your protection for each one of us. God, the plans that you have, that we understand that we have been set free.
And God, for each one of us that we're called to live free, not under the bondage, but to take those steps. God, as we come to the water and as it looks hopeless to the world, God, as we call out to you, nothing is impossible to be able to take those steps. And for some of you today, I want you to know, I mean, I, I say it as a dad, I say it as a, as a pastor, I say it as comforting as I can, is that you matter, that God has set you free because of your choice to follow Jesus. You are free. You don't need to be a slave of the past. The things that have happened, your choices, your decisions, you don't have to live like that anymore. You are free. You can move forward. God, the ultimate father, is saying, I love you so much. I want you to be free. I have done everything for you to be free, but you have to choose to live free. And for some of you today, maybe you're like, Rich, I've never done that before. I've never chose to follow Jesus. I've gone to church. Maybe I'm just showing up today. And maybe, uh, you know, I, I try to do good things. I got, I got my own little spiritual thing, that little conversation I have with God. But if you've never been set free, the only one that can do that, it's not you. It's not your great talking with God. It's not you, you doing more good things than bad things. It's allowing the sun to set you free. If that's you today, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just ask that you would say a prayer and say, God, put it in your own words. I want to be free. I want the freedom that only you can give through Jesus. God, I want you to fill my life. God, I, I want to walk out, not, not addicted, but set free. Not caught in my issues, but free. God, I ask that you would use whatever it would take for me to grow in you, to move in you. That's really just surrendering your life. If that's you, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up just for a second. If that's you, if you're like, Pastor, yeah, I want some prayer this week. Yep, you know what? I need to get my life right. I want to be free in him. If, if that's you, will you just look at me? Will you nod your head if that's you? If that's you today, if you say today's the day I want to be free, I want you to understand that God sees exactly what's going on. The Bible says that the angels in heaven celebrate because of a choice to follow him. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much. God, I thank you for each person here, God, that we would live free. In Jesus' name, amen.